Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Alex Brampernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brampernard, and Cassie Schrader. L.A. Nick is in Italy. Oh, he did go to Italy. He said he was going to let us know. Well, well he posted pictures in Italy. Ah, uh, so, so I'm well, he's in Italy. So we shall see. <laughs> we'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. had a great time on the morning show this morning because Lewis Kemp was on. Lewis Kemp is the best friend of Bob, Bobby Zimmerman. Oh. And he wrote a book called Dylan and Me. He does not call him Bob Dylan. He won't call him Bob Dylan. He calls him Bobby Zimmerman because he's known him since he was 11 years old. Didn't he used to sneak into town under Bobby Z? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think he did, absolutely. But uh, Lewis is just great. Just, it was great stories about how he and... Bobby Zimmerman had been friends forever, and he was the best man in Lewis Kemp's wedding. Oh, was and, he? Yeah, he was Bob Dylan at the time, but he said, "I'm nope, his name is Bobby Zimmerman. 
That's all there is to it. But, yeah, he's got a book out called Dylan and Me. Really, what a great guy. Really nice man. Deep state dad joke and escape room may seem ubiquitous in our modern vernacular, but now they're officially part of it. Merriam-Webster has announced the addition of more than 500 words, terms, and new meanings. An etymological evolution it calls a happy fact of life for a living language. The fresh inclusions come in, among others, the legal red flag law, business and finance, pain point, and pop culture Bechdel test. Okay, every other word you're saying I don't understand. I don't either. So (laughs) So these are categories? Uh, There are some categories. A pain point is a cool new way to say problem. A pain point instead of a problem? Yep. I vomit on all this new stuff. You know, I'll tell you, Alex was a pain point child. Okay. Because I was an angel child. <laughs> an angel, you were, were you? Yes. I was a great <laughs> kid. You were an angel? Yeah, yeah. I was. All I've right. been told repeatedly. Right. Yes. That's good. You were a very easy baby. You're welcome. And child. <laughs> Teenager, <laughs> me, not so much. Okay. Uh, <laughs> teenagers are teenagers. Let's just... I mean, you were let's you go over doing, the fact. you know, like, you know... Drugs. And Didn't drink until I was 21. Never have done a drug in my life. And never was, snuck out. But you were never, mean. You were just mean. Okay. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh no. There you go. Take that home with you. Oh, no. You were just mean to me. Okay. There you go. You're mean to mom all the time. Yes. Shut up. Um, <laughs> there uh, also are uh, abbreviations and portmanteus. Uh, vacay, of course, for vacation. Oh, yeah. That's... Sesh. Recession. Uh-huh. So short procession. Fatberg. Fatberg? Mm. Fatberg is like when people flush things down the toilet that don't biodegrade, there becomes a fatberg in the sewage system that people have to go in and remove. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying that. No, that's a real thing. Yeah, it's true. It's like, fl- like flushable wipes. Never flush a flushable wipe down a toilet they're ever. Not flushable. They're not. Like they go oh, yeah. down, oh, but yeah. they get stuck in, in condos, the sewage system. That's a constant problem because oh, people it? put yeah, yeah. Put flushable wipes. wipes down there. You should never flush anything but toilet paper mm. down. I'm still toilet. waiting Both to see if I go well, yeah. four for four. I might go for. I have not tried to pee in a toilet uh, in the last well, 24 hours. Uh, oh, with a this public toilet thing. Oh God. Oh, what? You, oh, you didn't hear about this? Oh, Three. no. I he went totally on and on and on heard about. about it. Yes, I was here yesterday. Well, that's what I thought. What? So what do you mean? What are you talking well, about? You're not going to pee in a toilet. That's no, in a public general toilet. statement that didn't make sense. <laughs> in a public. Toilet. I might be. I'm only peeing outside. I have what peed I... in a toilet. I'm going to drop confused. a deuce and poop in the streets just like they do in San Francisco. Peeing in the shower LA. like Fawn this morning. We're yeah, going to have an go. issue with poopbergs now. If, if people can't flush. You got to exactly <laughs> flush the toilet for God's sake. You pig. All right, so vacay, sesh, and fatberg have all made their way into the dictionary's hallowed pages. One word garnering a simple MW mention. The usually non het MW mill. Merriam Webster. Oh, (laughs) sorry. Uh, The usual non headline making pronoun they, which the dictionary now recognizes as a singular gender non binary pronoun for those who don't identify as male or female. Uh, how about use the term, who gives a rat's ass? Why do I care? Well, I do not walk up on the street to people and say, well, you're a woman, you must like men. Oh, you're a man, you must like women. I don't Because do that. they can put you in jail for referring mm-hmm. to the wrong person of the wrong thing. Or the right or wrong person of the wrong thing. I, they care understand. deeply. 
Here's what I don't understand. And lawmakers do. I don't care. You should have the same rights as I do, no matter who you are, how you think, how you feel, what you love. You have the same right to everything that I do. Yeah, but most people don't feel that way. Most people are like, man or man and girls be girls. That's what they said. Really, like, that, was that from northern Minnesota? What accent I'm was not that? Sure. That might have been a little bit of a Oh, Ozark. boys are boys and girls are girls. Okay, is that is that religion based or what is? No, that? it's just I just people think, being overly opinionated about stuff that doesn't even who apply cares? to them. It's like why would you care what gender the person you walked past on the street? Well, is? what I have a problem with though is like it's like okay, so there's always been you know people with different ideas of who they are even though they look a certain way that's all fine and dandy but i don't think i should have to go to jail just because i'm not adapting fast enough to to your constant you know vernacular of the day yeah because it'll change again yes it changes constantly and you know what i don't walk in that world all you know i mean i want to be sensitive i don't want to hurt people's feelings but if i make a mistake i can actually go you know have a cop at my door? No. That doesn't Look, make any sense. If you want to come up to me and you're the most Scandinavian-looking human being on Earth and you want to tell me you're actually black, I'd go, okay. Why do I care? I don't know. I've no. never understood that whole thing. I like this. I like that. Good. I'm happy for you. As long as you're not breaking uh, you know, anybody else's back over the whole deal, I don't care. I've never cared. I agree. And I don't understand why people do care. People care about stuff... They shouldn't most of the time. Yeah, but why do I care what you do with your bits and pieces? You don't. I, I don't no. care at all as long as but you stay with little people, kids. A lot of people do. But I will never, ever, ever accept the fact that some grown adults want to have sex with children. Mm-hmm. That I cannot do. No, no. Sorry, I don't yeah. care. You can push and push and push, yeah. but that one you're and nor- never Trying to normalize you. that should be a criminal act in itself. Well, they're trying. Because you have to have consent. What is that, normal? Hmm? Isn't that what it's called? Oh, yeah. Is it, nor- is it Nam- that's NAMBLA? That's what it is. Oh, NAMBLA. NAMBLA. NAMBLA's been around for a long time, nice and they're tiny and irrelevant. Well, good. I hope they stay irrelevant because you have man-boy just love. Like the, no. Sorry. Just like the, uh, what is the group of men that? That's what you're thinking of. No. Group of men to what? They're like feminists, but men for male power. Mem- Meminists? Oh, oh, God. What are they oh, called? Oh, men's rights activists? Yeah. Men's rights activists. So, what are men's rights? <laughs> How are men's rights any different than women's? They're just—they're saying that men don't have the same rights women do, and women have preference because they're women, and Based they always get. I, I mean, mean, technically, both genders have specific advantages, but absolutely. you're not allowed to mention one side of it. Are American men turning into a bunch of candy asses? Is that what's happening here? Seriously. I don't think... Well, Live okay, so Dan's, Dan's work, he works for a bike company, mm-hmm. a bike brand within a big bike company, mm-hmm. and they are very, very, very PC. Mm-hmm. Of course they are. The yeah. whole company is very PC, and, like, somebody I know, <laughs> I have a couple friends whose husbands work at the company and whatever, Sure. and one of the guys got in trouble... For walking into a meeting once and saying, sorry, I'm late, guys. And there were two women in the room. Oh, Jesus. They had a fit about that. Yeah. There was, yeah. You call your friends guys all the time. I'm sure HR is very busy at Dan's workplace because of this. But it's interesting because 
the brand that Dan works for is like not PC. Like they're known for just kind of being like out there and kind of right. wacky. So I'm like, it just must be interesting to. But Dan had a meeting with somebody once that they had in one of their videos they had a white woman that had dreadlocks mm-hmm. in their video yeah and it was yeah cultural mm. appropriation he got all these emails all okay. this stuff and so he all, had to meet with these people he did yeah dan did because okay. he's the marketing manager of the company oh yeah that's true and so he had to meet with these people that emailed and they were like this is cultural appropriation you need to take this video down blah 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 and he met with and every single person that he met with that white. sent him an angry email was white. Mm-hmm. Yep. And but Literally. also he was like they were totally normal in real life. Like we actually had conversations yeah. about it. And I was like, this is the way this woman has decided to wear her hair. Who I can't. Cares? I can't tell her I've how to wear her hair. I've seen lots of white people with dreads. But it's, it's Bo it's Derek cultural, about fifty years it's cultural ago. Cultural appropriation. It's, Melissa had no cornrows when she was like. 12. But that's like, here's the thing. And Dan's like, where's the line? I know. Like, where am I? Like, gauged ears. That could be considered cultural appropriation. Like, baby wearing when I wear the kids. I'm sorry, I'm wearing those ubangi rings yeah. around my neck. <clears throat> like, baby think? wearing where, when I wear the kids and those, the yeah, yep. backpack thing. That can be considered a cultural appropriation. I think baby wearing has been around in every culture forever sure. because but it's it was just... originated in Africa. And so it's cultural. Well, how do we know like that? An entire, how do we even know, know that? That's I don't know, true. but an entire baby wearing group oh, that was Jesus. very popular and very helpful. A baby wearing group. Well, it's just no. Like on Facebook, it was like, oh, do the you guys like? Yeah, like what's such. I'm oh, this weight and this height. Like what carriers do you guys like? Or oh, my babies, blah blah blah. Um, it was super helpful, but it, the whole group got deleted because of cultural appropriation. Because one woman posted a picture of her au pair who was. African wearing her baby, mm. and they're like, "She's basically your slave," and all she this stuff. Gets paid, uh, yeah. Slaves she shouldn't be paid, wearing. Folks. She was sweeping the floor and wearing your baby. This is oh inappropriate, God. and blah blah oh blah blah. blah. Oh uh, somebody God. who's chosen to take a job in another country and yep. work for another yep. is not and be a slave. Paid. Yeah, just because no. she was a black see, woman. See, this is wearing, the kind of yeah, stuff that just makes you go, you know what? I just don't want anything to do with any of you. I know. I don't want to deal with I your know. PC I crap. I don't even want. I don't. I actually want to resist your PC stuff. I am really I know, it's because it's so death. crazy. I know it makes it seem like, dumber just by association exactly. with these people. It's like everything. Everything can be considered cultural appropriation from some culture or another. Well, and again, but only when white people do it. I'd like to point out that if you want to, you want to stay hardline on cultural appropriation. Don't use your phone, your television. Yeah, exactly. Don't go to the movies. Don't drive a car. You want me to keep going? Don't fly in an airplane. Those are all white people things. Well, that's white the thing. people Dan, that stuff. Don't listen to the radio yeah, for sure. When Dan met these with these people, he was like, "What is it?" Cultural exactly. appropriation. Exactly. Everything. Every is. and he and they Which were is like, how it should be, by the and way. And he's like, and when I had this conversation with them, they were all like, You're right. Yeah. When well, I have they a don't cup think of tea on my, social media. Yeah, if I have because... a cup of tea, am I you know, making the English man? Yeah, exactly. What am I doing? Well the oh, English no. culturally appropriated it from India, who appropriated it from China, who probably appropriated it from Mongolia, who et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's like it's like it's called sharing. It never ends. Actually, it's called you sharing. You just could, deal you, with yeah, it. Yeah, you cross. You, 
you have somebody from a different culture, it's like, let me show you what we like. Yeah, Isn't I this fun? Well, what do you have? I like this. This is what I have. St. Patrick's Day. Everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Then you got Cinco de Mayo. Everyone's Mexican yeah. on Cinco de Mayo. I Even mean, though they don't know yeah. what the hell either of them are. We <laughs> have smart ass <laughs> listeners. I just got a text from a listener that said, uh, actually, radio is not a white man thing. He was Italian. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, there that's, you go. It's a shot at Sanny. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you can't ever eat a taco. You can't eat pasta. What a you joke. only ha- can eat the food of your people. It's like, it's I don't so know. Gruel. You can only eat gruel. We that's can it. eat oh, sausage be... and dumplings. Potatoes. I'd be stuck eating something. haggis no, and potatoes. Ew. What Russian food? Like, um... What is Russian food? Vodka. I don't actually know. Let me say this. Borscht. Oh, there you go. Borscht. Oh, one. Borscht. <laughs> one point for Catherine. Cultural appropriation only applies if you're making money off of somebody else's idea. Or yeah. you're blatantly, like... Or like saying, doing, oh, yeah. it to, yeah, doing it to irritate other people. Yeah, yeah that's different. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, I know quite a few women, white women, that have have super kinky, curly, crazy hair, and it's just like they've worn dreadlocks sometimes in their lives. Yes, exactly. Because they don't want to deal with their hair; they hated it. Calm down. I don't know. I I don't like the, especially it's women. A lot of some men do it, mostly women, where they go with the natural. It's like. That looks terrible on you. Don't do they that. Go with the natural. You know, Kevin they, apparently had a natural at one time. No, no, I don't mean I Kevin. I mean white seen. people. Oh. When they, when they, well, I accidentally had one once because my mother decided to perm my hair when uh, I was 13. Oh, God. And got on the phone and forgot. Oh, God. Oh, about so the timer. You had a Bob Ross. I had oh, hair oh, out God. to here, and <laughs> yeah. it was hideous. You had that? That was your mother's fault. He didn't have a... An afro, like I, I thought you had an afro, a white photo, I've got curly hair because of you. You had an afro? Mm. No, before you, you even met mom. You had an afro and an ostrich feather coat, an American flag. I didn't have an afro. I had really long hair. He wanted to be Jimi Hendrix, that's for sure. Yeah, but I didn't have an afro. No, you don't couldn't have grown one if you wanted to. I have a question. Yeah, there's no you. way. Why is it cultural appropriation instead of honoring your culture? What's wrong with honoring someone else's culture? Because it's not know. your culture to honor. Yes. Imitation is the sincerest so form of flattery. I can't be happy for you? Nope. Sorry. I thought I could be happy for you. Nope. We'll, right. me... oh, sorry. we'll be right back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. 
There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Lots of different. Someone called me a swinger yesterday, but that's because I was on a swing. Well, you're on a swing. That's <laughs> totally she was like, different. I'm talking to the swingers. She was no, like, that's were... what you want to be called, right? The neighborhood totally, swingers. Totally, yeah, <laughs> no, the neighborhood totally. swingers. No, yes, <laughs> thank you. That'd be great. Chris Newby with us. Chris, how are you? Good. How are you, Tom? I'm just trying to slog through life at this point because the news every day, Chris, is just not So welcome. Yeah. So, Hello. We're slogging through. through. Please Chris. help us. Good day to you. Uh, Every day you're not bitten by a tick is a gift. Well, that's true. <laughs> I had a tick on my leg a few days ago, yeah. and I almost Baby had tick. seven panic attacks. It was yeah. terrible. Bitten, the secret history of Lyme disease and biological weapons, a riveting thriller reminiscent of the hot zone. This true story dives into the mystery surrounding one of the most controversial and misdiagnosed conditions of our time, Lyme yep. disease, and of Willie Bergdorfer. The man who discovered the microbe behind it, revealing his secret role in the developing bug-borne biological weapons and raising terrifying questions about the genesis and epidemic of tick-borne diseases affecting millions of Americans today, because it all started in Lyme, Connecticut. Is that correct? That's why it's called Lyme disease? Yes. So what happened in Lyme, Connecticut? This is, it was so, Yeah, this why did weird. it morph into something like that? Well, um... What happened in 1968 is there was a sudden outbreak of three unusual tick-borne diseases um, that sickened people. And this was around Long Island Sound, so the waterway between Long Island, New York, and uh, Connecticut. And um, one of the diseases that was discovered, they called it Lyme arthritis, uh, and it was discovered around Lyme, Connecticut. And then there were two other diseases. One was uh, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. It was a little bit of an unusual strain and babesiosis, which is a disease caused by a malaria-like parasite. And uh, so there's sort of the public story of the discovery of Lyme disease. And then um, I did a film about Lyme disease. And then uh, this book started really when the discoverer of the Lyme bacterium, Willy Bergdorfer, uh, made a confession to a, a, a filmmaker that he thought the unusual outbreak was caused by a biological weapon. Really? Accident of some sort. Oh, it was an accident. It wasn't intentional. Right, right. That's, he said accidents happen. Accidents do happen, but uh, because I, I don't remember any of this. When I was a child, uh, I was born in 1951. There was none of this stuff when I, I you know, first of all, I lived in the, in the city. Yeah, you so didn't have a lot of ticks. There were not a lot yeah. of, t- there were no ticks around my neighborhood. Well, even I grew like up that. in like a first ring suburb and there, I, nobody had ticks. I don't right. even remember. Ticks. We grew up in the woods and yeah. I had one tick on me my entire yeah. childhood. Yeah, I, I only ever remember around. one tick. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had one tick in my been belly a button tick once. explosion so for some strange Now, reason. Chris, there are ticks everywhere. everywhere. It's pretty amazing. 
Um, Even where they shouldn't be. It's like, oh, I was playing on the beach and got a tick. Right. Well, we, got a guy, we, got, we have a guy uh, from the state, Babe Winkleman. He's a professional fisher person. And he is uh, he fights constantly to, to get people to become more well-educated and more knowledgeable about uh, tick-borne diseases. So he's fighting really, really hard. He's right here in Minnesota doing that, Chris. And it's just, I don't know. It, it's So what is the real story? How did this all happen? Well, um, when Willie Bergdorfer told me this, he was really old. He was in his late 80s. Uh, he was suffering from advanced Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure he was telling the truth, but I knew that uh, he was a very credible scientist. He had won just about all the awards you can as a as a research researcher who studies bugs and bug diseases. Um, so when he said this, it had a certain weight to it. So that started my research, and what I soon found out um, with documents that were released from his garage, he signed them over to an archive, was mm-hmm. that he worked two decades in the um, entomological weapons program. So it turned out during the Cold War, um, the United States had a program to basically weaponize fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes. Oh, and what that really means is yeah. they would uh, pick one of those um, bugs and put a disease in them um, that, um, and then drop them on the enemy in various ways. What and the hope would be it would yeah. either kill them or there's another variety that would just debilitate the enemy. And then it would be easier to take over a city. And, of course, they would create vaccines for their own soldiers uh, so they wouldn't be harmed. That is but then it's nature, so it's never perfect. No. Yeah. I could see that. While on vacation on Martha's Vineyard, Chris Newby was bitten by an unseen tick. That one bite changed her life forever, pulling her into the abyss of a devastating illness that took 10 doctors to diagnose and years to recover. Newby had become one of the 300,000 Americans who are afflicted with Lyme disease every year. 300,000 a year? Yeah, it's amazing. That's crazy. Well, it's actually higher than that as of the official count for 2017. It's more like 420,000 a year, and that's about 1,000 people a day. Wow. Yeah, it's 1,000 people a day. Why why has this become so widespread? Was this intentional? Was it an accident? I mean, was it both maybe? Well, it's a complicated thing. I mean, certainly climate change has contributed to um, the increase in ticks and increase of people living in the woods, increase in deer populations since we don't have as many uh, large predators. But what my book, Bitten, brings to light is that through this biological weapons program, there were many open-air tests of new kinds of ticks in areas where they weren't normally found. And it could be that that, um, these non-native ticks um, have made the problem worse because they're taking over local, established, um, imbalanced populations. So one one experiment that I think is like one of the most creepiest is... is, um, a university professor in near Norfolk, Virginia, released hundreds of thousands of Lone Star ticks, and these are very aggressive, um, uh, man-biting ticks. Uh, they have extra-long mouth parts that get infected a lot. 
they're the only uh, chicken I'm, in North America that have eyes. So they don't just, don't uh, just wait on a blade of grass uh, for you to pass me by. Ta- very like, queasy. My wife is very uncomfortable. <laughs> in my hair. <laughs> very uncomfortable I'm going to be all like, oh, my God, oh, my God, like for two days. Yeah, when I saw the chicken on my leg the other day, I was like, they're in my hair. They're everywhere. Oh, my God. Well, I suppose you can't feel them unless the... Well, this monster tick, I hope you can feel it. Yeah. Can you feel it? Well, I call it a Terminator tick. They've actually done experiments with these lone star ticks, and they can, like, you can put them in water for 70 days, and they'll still be alive. Nice. F. Okay, so why does this person get to release some, you know... Horrid, horrid tick on the world. Crab Why bug. is this unleashed on us? Why is that okay? Well, it was back in the 60s. It was the Cold War. We were afraid of the commies taking us over. And we, we were looking at um, the experiments they were doing on their side with weaponizing ticks. I mean, it, it started actually with the Nazis and the Japanese. They started using uh, and experimenting on humans All with right. bug-borne weapons. And then after World War II, the Russians and us the U.S. Uh, split the scientists and picked their brains for ideas, and that's where we realized, oh, no, you know, the Russians have all this information, too, and we better protect ourselves and have our own offensive weapon. Um, and, you know, uh, like in 53, this is from um, an Army bioweapons document. It says um, uh the Biological Warfare Laboratories at Fort Detrick established a program to study the use of arthropods, that's ticks, fleas, and mosquitoes, for spreading anti-personnel bioweapons agents. The advantages of these carriers are these. They inject the agent directly into the body so that a mask is no protection to a soldier, and they will remain alive for some time, keeping an area constantly dangerous. So these Lone Star experiments were done actually to see, you know, if we drop ticks on the enemies from planes, how far can these Lone Star ticks travel per day? Um, and someone has calculated that. And But one of the problems of releasing them on coastal Virginia is um, they made them radioactive. Oh. So they could track them with Geiger counters. And, of course, everyone knows that radioactivity can cause mutations in ticks. And this, these ticks were released you know, hundreds of thousands of them, of them on the Atlantic bird flyway. So, Ugh. you know, one hypothesis Ugh. is that maybe that's what, that's why these aggressive ticks are now have moved up from Virginia uh, all the way up through Maine and Canada now. And maybe this made the outbreak around 1968 of these freaky new tick-borne diseases worse because you have a non-native tick filled with who knows what, uh, you know, in a new area. Yeah, prancing around your backyard. That's great. Yeah. With their eyes. They're uh, all over America now, aren't they? Oh, pretty much? Um, they seem to be, uh, you know, uh, there's, uh, they, there's, I only have, like, data from 2013, but they go from, you know, the southern states all the way up through, um, they're getting close to the Great Lakes states, and then they're definitely up through Maine, and starting to creep into Canada. Well, we do have them in Minnesota, I know that. We do? Yeah, we have a crap ton. Yeah, yeah there are some in Minnesota. Yep. We have See? a lot of deer ticks. Everybody needs to ticks. use those tick tubes. Yeah. So the tick? very first Lyme disease case was found um, in northern Wisconsin, and then oh. the hot spot for Lyme disease is in, started in Minneapolis. 
So it's very puzzling, you know, why are the two hot spots for Lyme disease, Minneapolis, Wisconsin I, area, and then I, Long Island? I, I well, think... it turns out that there was a lot of biological weapons testing um, oh. Oh, great. controlled out of University of Wisconsin-Madison. Thanks a lot. Ira Baldwin was sort of the oh, bioweapons yeah. visionary. Yep. Well, we also have green belts all the way through the cities that have deer in them. I mean, we yes. have deer very close to the yeah, city centers. Oh, yeah. yeah. We live in the city, and deer come through our yard every day. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Every day That's they come through I, our yard. Yeah, I do all yeah. kinds of preventative tick things. I know. I'm trying to think of the people that I know. One of my, I have two very close friends that have chronic Lyme. And then I have my brother-in-law has had Lyme twice. But then treated my dog it right away. Yep. <laughs> One of my dogs had Lyme. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Natalie had Lyme and got it's, Bell's yeah. palsy from it's it. It's not uncommon here at really? all. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's really sad. You know, Chris, you were talking about this earlier. I, I uh, have a relative, and I don't want to identify who it is, but the very close relative that's seven years older than I am went to school and... Uh, Planes would fly over, and then there'd be this mist after these planes flew over their, their schools in, in Minneapolis. Oh, thanks. Turned out most of the kids in that class died very young. Well, yeah. Hmm. Uh, and to this mist. day, they don't know what it was, but remember, well, what did she have? She had an operation like 20 years for a brain tumor. Yes. And most of them died from brain tumors. Most of the kids in her class died of brain tumors. Yeah. And then she got one. She didn't die of that. But um missed. Yeah, there was what kind of school and town was this in? It was in Minneapolis and I oh. the school probably would have been I don't know if it was the Emerson School. I right thought, downtown Minneapolis though. Oh, see I thought the story was it was her daughter's school that she went to as, you know, doing parent stuff. Parent teacher, parent child. Oh, you stuff. mean they were still because I knew they were doing it in the in the in the late fifties and early sixties. Well, there's another excellent book called The Plutonium Files, and it won the Pulitzer Prize, and that was about um, the uh, chemical weapons program right. of spraying um, chemical weapons and doing tests with zinc cadmium, cadmium, which is a radioactive particle. Again, so they could trace it to see how far the winds would blow right. or release. Yep. So that's probably what caused that. I mean, you could probably buy um, or look through Plutonium Files and find out, you know, what flight or what program or operation could have caused that. It's just amazing. But it's just, we didn't have yet, like, human subject protections for research back then. I mean, the ends justified the means. It was the communist threat. Um, You you know, so there were no rules. And CIA was controlling a lot of that, and they had no oversight either. That's just crazy. It is unbelievable. I did find out some, uh, you know... um, the national, what's the office now that uh, that uh, Bolton, John Bolton was in charge of oh, national security. National security, yeah. Yeah, national security. They named a new national security director, and the, the new director is Bobby O'Brien. And my sister's name is Bobby O'Brien, but turns out Bobby O'Brien's a guy. So I thought it was in, Chris, but apparently I'm not. I'm very upset. The book is called Bitten, The Secret History of Lyme Disease and Biological Weapons. Great stuff, Chris. Chris Newby, it's N-E-W-B-Y. Uh, I'm really glad you're stepping out with these books because I've been doing reading over the years. 
the people, yeah, I mean, they, they tested how far chemical weapons would travel when the wind was going 10 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour. They tested all those in the inner city, which is, I'll That's never, but as Chris pointed out, there were no rules back then. So tough hop, you get, you died too bad. Unbelievable. Yeah. Chris, thank you so much for your time and all the best with your book, Bitten. Have a good day. Thanks much. Thanks. Bye. How terrifying is that? I know, yeah. and Lyme is really intense, chronic <clears throat> Lyme. It's like, are we? Well, take, we're taking a break, sorry. Yeah, we got to take a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was just kind of rambling. Don't worry about it, Alex. We'll be right back with More the More tip talk. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Catherine just uh, caught me laughing to myself, and the reason for that is I got a text message just now. And I, I got to tell the story, but I got to warn people that one of the words in it is really obnoxious. Oh, is this from dinner last night? <laughs> yes, and that's You're who sent me. still laughing about that? Well, she just sent me a, a text oh. message about how she... Uh, still laughing about last night. You guys are the best. Katie Harms. Jeez. So, Katie... Now, okay, so... Okay, so the backstory. The backstory mm-hmm. is is that Tom was talking about somebody he used to work with that called Starbucks. No, 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 no. It was Paulie Walnuts on The Sopranos. Oh, it was okay. him. He called. Okay, so avert your ears <clears throat> if you get offended by this. But he was mad at Starbucks because he thought that Starbucks had stolen a cult- cultural appropriation. Oh. They stole <laughs> the idea of coffee from Italians. Mm-hmm. So they were at Starbucks, and he reached over and stole a coffee pot just to pay him back or whatever. Yeah. But he you didn't know, call it Starbucks. <laughs> so again, block your ears. If, or, or take Are all you going to actually say it? Well, yeah, because it had the impact. So he referred to Starbucks as butt fucks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, remember that? So we're talking about that last night, and Catherine's not paying attention. I was talking to Dana about, talking something, to Dana about else. something 
and Katie leans across the table to talk to me, and she's talking about that whole episode with Polly Walnuts, and all Catherine heard was Katie leans across the table and looks at me and goes, butt fuck. <laughs> Well, I saw. I was talking to Gina, and all of a sudden I saw Katie over there. So we were in a booth, and all of a sudden I see this little gleam in her eye, like she got this brilliant idea. And I'm like, I'm like, wonder what's going on. And all of a sudden I hear, butt fuck. And I'm like, what? Oh, those what? are the best conversations to jump into. I'm like, we're in a restaurant with people, you know. It was cappuccino, by the way. Not it was cappuccino. That's right. Cappuccino. It was cappuccino. It was cappuccino. People were making cappuccinos before Starbucks did. But uh, these people are unbelievable. They stole our ideas. Now they're making our millions and millions of dollars. He was yeah. all upset. Yeah, I mean, if, he, if anything, he should be upset because, like, they, the reason it's called a venti is because that means 20 in Italian. Yeah. 20 and ounces. espresso is an Italian thing, but coffee, as a general, like, idea is not... So he's not even sure what he's mad about. Well, there Who is, is that. What is the origin of coffee? I wonder. Is it South, South American? Uh, maybe, yes, or I Africa, believe so. Maybe. What is South American? Yep. That's where the only place where the where the beans were growing at that well, time. Well, there's two kinds of bean. There's arabica beans, and then there's it's ar- arabica. I thought. I thought it was arabica. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. I think it's arabica. Yeah. And yes, there are other ones. And then there's the other ones. But Kona, I don't know. Kona coffee, that's Hawaii, right? That's Hawaii. Oh, Ro- Robusta beans. Those Robusta. are the other ones. Robusta. And they're from Africa. Okay. So I don't know if they actually made coffee in Africa. I bet I could find Pro- out. Probably, I would it's think. It's probably, probably one of those things that was probably made by accident and somebody drank it and. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, this ain't bad. Oh, like chocolate? If you just like picked a chocolate. Like a cocoa, cocoa nut and oh, ate it. Terrible. Oh, it's terrible. It's the most disgusting oh, thing very, in the world. Very but yeah. somehow someone got the idea to just load it up with sugar, and then they were like, oh, wow, this tastes good. But personally, <laughs> I never would have thought of I taking thought was, this disgusting was, poison nut and putting sugar I in it. I thought it was the act of roasting it. Still, it still tastes disgusting still, without lots really? and lots of sugar. Oh, yeah, if you get a chocolate bar 95% dark, oh, it's, it's yeah, inedible. It's not good. Well, that's oh, like, God, yeah. I read this thing the other day. It was like, <clears throat> have we tried exploding other foods to see if it makes them better, or did we just stop at popcorn? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, there you go. You explode everything. <laughs> it's like, I'm sure all of it. Beans, why not? If we could have a chance coming across a different kind of popcorn, that would work for me. I got no problem with that at yeah, all. Yeah, popcorn's so mm. delicious as it is. God, right. Earliest really evidence of coffee drinking was in Yemen. In southern Arabia. There you go. In 15th century, so it's not that old of a beverage. Really? It's on 15th century. I didn't know that. Hmm. Well, that's weird because you would think the Middle East with... Uh, they didn't I have the coffee it... beans, though. They came from sub-Saharan Africa, so they had oh, to bring them all the way. they were trading back then? Wow. That's oh, amazing. yeah. What am I hearing? Was someone was vacuuming. Yeah. But no, there's a rumbling. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're right. Are we having an earthquake? What's happening? I don't know. We've had I, this morning. I woke ah. up to like thunder. I'm like, what is going on? And then I didn't realize it was storming out. <laughs> yeah, it did storm again. It did. I uh, had a little uh, perturbed this morning because my you studio, perturbed? my no. studio is in the middle of a building, so it's totally soundproof. There are no windows, nothing like that. So I'm reading the weather all morning, and it says right now it's fair in 73. The whole time I was reading that until I got up and went out of the studio an hour later, it was pouring rain. 
So, it's like, could you yeah. people Wrong. just check the weather and see if it's accurate? Is that a possibility? Yeah, it hasn't been fair today at all. It's uh, been no, very cloudy. Not fair at, at all today. It's already right now. It's all right right now. Well, it's all right, but there's still. It's what? supposed to storm again. That's a vacuum out there. That's a vacuum. Oh, yeah. Why would they be vacuuming they do in the once middle a of week. a work day? Every Wednesday they do that. Oh, it's the Wednesday cleanup. Yes, Apparently. we only have two more weeks in the studio, then we move back to the original building. Yes, we we're having it all doing a lot of moving. Up. Yeah, because that's uh, what uh, we take it over on a Tuesday, right? Take October first. Well, it depends <laughs> on when we get it carpeted and painted. I'm just saying that's when we would get a carpet and paint is after the 1st of October, wouldn't it? It depends on who shakes their tail feathers and gets this done. Oh, I thought, so you can go in early and get it done? I'm going to ask. <clears throat> okay. Well, Nobody's that would in be there now. Well, so well hopefully by think? October 7th, we'll be in the new studio, yes. all settled and ready settled. to go. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. That's the target date. Party. <laughs> That'll be good, which is great. I want to thank Mark Sherman, too, because he, well, because Michael with Zero Res is his cousin. Oh, what? Well, you didn't know that? I Michael did not Kaplan. Know that. Yeah, Michael Kaplan is Mark Sherman's cousin. Oh. And and uh, apparently when this all happened, Mark Sherman uh, he's been a listener forever. He's been a listener yes. to the morning this podcast and the morning show and the whole deal. So he called Michael Kaplan and said, You work with Tom on Zero Rest and he goes, Yeah. He goes, What do you think? He goes, Absolutely take care of him. So thank you to Michael Kaplan and and, and Mark Sherman. Nice, nice young fellas. That's all I have to say. Uh, you're scaring me. Very weird. We're trying to have a nice young fellas. It's okay. a nice With your weird accent. <laughs> Concerning. Can I just say something about the ticks? No. Nope, you're all you're out. Everybody should either buy tick tubes or make tick tubes. What is a tick tube? A tick tube is a little, it looks like a toilet paper roll. Okay. With, you can use dryer lint or whatever you want, or you can buy them with cotton balls in there, and they're soaked with um, insecticide. And mice and rabbits, I guess, are big vectors for um, mm -hmm. Lyme. Oh, yeah. And so you, you put it around, like, you know, wherever a mouse would be, and then they take it into their nests, and then it kills off the ticks. So this is something, if everybody would do that... It would really, well, really if you help. Do, also, if you're able, I don't know, in some cities you're allowed to have chickens and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, Mary Sansevier has posted many times, they can have guinea hens. And I guess guinea hens yeah. are really they good at ticks, ticks, they, yeah. they eat ticks constantly. And you got those because Bob's a guinea. <laughs> That's why. No, possums. See, possums, eat, <laughs> <laughs> possums eat like thousands and thousands yes, of do. ticks. I'm yeah, like, but you don't I want, want a possum. Possums yeah. actually have eaten so many ticks that they have now become immune to Lyme. Yep. Yeah. Oh. They're immune to Lyme because well, they eat so yeah. many ticks. It's so I guess hilarious. I'll, I'll I just eat a, a bunch of ticks and At we'll become immune. two, three days a week, I walk outside <laughs> the studio and I open the back door right by the fire table, mm -hmm. and two, three days a week, there's a possum looking up at me. It's a giant possum. It's oh, a really? big possum, and he oh looks gosh. up at me every Good. other day. Just keep on walking through there and gathering those ticks. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going, brother. Keep yeah. on eating Multiply, them. please. Exactly. Well, here's some more bad bug news for you. I don't Close like bugs. bugs. bug news. The idea made sense on paper. Introduce male mosquitoes genetically engineered to be sterile into the bug population and watch the insect numbers drop. As New Atlas reports, that's generally what happened in Brazil, uh, in a Brazil experiment, but only for about 18 months. And then at that point, the numbers rebounded, say Yale researchers in a new study at Scientific Reports. But perhaps more troubling is this. 
Scientists say the modified genes are now showing up in the mosquito population, which was not supposed to happen. This is very likely resulting in a more robust population, so you're going to have a harder time killing mosquitoes. I just get so tired of all of these ideas. I know. It's like in Florida. Leave us alone. In Florida. They brought in a toad from South America or Central America. Bufo. It was supposed to jump up onto sugar cane and eat some sort of bug that hurts sugar, the sugar cane. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently these toads don't even jump. They don't <laughs> climb. How do they not know that? Because somebody sold them a boatload of toads uh, for probably like, a ton of money. Uh, these toads are to great. Say, You're going to love these and toads. And now these things are spreading all over the place, and they are so toxic that if your dog licks one in your backyard and they're gigantic toads, it can die within oh my minutes. God. And they're everywhere. They're getting all over. They've come up from Florida. They're all up into, like, Georgia, you know, uh, Atlanta and getting into the Carolinas too. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's these wonderful, great ideas. It's like I think that maybe yeah, like, is there any just, forethought at all? No, there is no forethought. Apparently not. This is unbelievable. These mosquitoes now are better than they were before. Great. Well, that's we like, made them that like way. super well, bees. What was that killer bee thing? Killer bee. They brought yeah. killer bees in to do something. When and it's like my kids have really terrible. weird reactions to certain mosquito bites. Not every mosquito bite, and it's like the certain different kinds. And I'm like, they're all genetically modified. And <laughs> well, probably. I think we have at least twelve mosquito varieties just here. Yeah, and yeah. tons of them. Yeah, Minnesota. Right so that. maybe even more. Yeah. That's I why just, there's, you know, they look different and they yeah. are more, they're, they're about a month ago, there was a really aggressive little one mm-hmm. that would just, it, by the time it landed on you, it was stinging. Really? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I hate them so much. I had a mosquito bite on my forehead while <laughs> meditating in my house the other day. All of a sudden, yeah. I hear, that's what you get. <laughs> I was like, what? excuse me, I'm in my home. I was attracted to your serenity. <clears throat> Ma'am. Yes, I was very attracted to your serenity. It was my aura. Such a vibrant that's color. That's the new mosquito. Yes. Anyone that's serene, I will bite. Oh, well. Okay, Dad you... should never get bit. <laughs> hey! That's why he doesn't. Hey! If, you're, if you're serene. Hey. Yes. Uh, bad news for everyone in Ecuador. If you're listening in Ecuador, we got, you've got major problems. Oh, everyone in Ecuador. Yes. Uh, they got hacked. Everybody in the entire country got hacked, and all their information is gone. That doesn't even make sense. What do you mean, gone? It's gone. Well, they took it. Okay, I'll get the story up. That's why you should back up. A security company has discovered a data breach that exposed the personal data of more than 20 million people in Ecuador. Oh, my God. Which is especially impressive, considering that Ecuador has a population of only 16.6 million. So, 3.4 million more that even live there. Hmm. How does that work? It seems the breach not only covers every living person in the country, but it affects the data of dead people, too. Great. Reports the company, VPN Mentor. The problem involves a misconfigured database, explains ZDNet. Security researchers from VPN Mentor found the data on an unsecured cloud server located in Miami. Oh. That was accessible to just about anyone, per the BBC. Data on two indexes included the government ID numbers, phone numbers, tax records, work records, marriage and family data, uh. and at least some financial records for accounts in a large Ecuadorian bank. <clears throat> The information in both indexes would be as valuable as gold in the hands of criminal gangs, writes Catalin Kimpo, uh, Kimpanu excuse me, at ZDNet. The server had been set up by the Ecuadorian company Nova Estrat, 
which has not commented publicly about the mess. The breach was fixed earlier this month, and Ecuador's legislature is now working uh, to quickly pass a personal data protection bill. But it's already all out there. What good is it going to do you? They've already got it. Well, not necessarily. Uh, Just because the information is available doesn't mean it was downloaded. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea all of this stuff. All I know is all hackers should be put in a pit of acid. <laughs> well, that's kind of negative. Of but acid. Yes. I agree with you, don't get me wrong, but it's kind of negative, Catherine. I just want you to know that. So 3.4 million dead people's information. Well, that's probably hacked. about votes. They're probably trying to do something with an election, I, I guess. I wouldn't doubt it. It's probably, yeah, it's an election deal. That's all there is to it. How about Jimmy Carter taking shots at the, uh, at the election? Uh, Jimmy Carter, I hope there's an age limit because I couldn't have been president when I was 80. <laughs> <laughs> little shot at Biden there. Is that what that's all about? Well, how, how old is Trump? Is he 75? I don't know. Yeah, probably. I think Trump's 75 years old, and I think Biden's like 78 or something. Donald Trump down. is... 73. Yes. He's only 73. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about, uh, what do we got for uh, for Joe Biden? Joe. He's, he's like 78, isn't he? He's always looked older. I don't hey, know why. Knows. Joe Biden is 76. 76 he is. Okay, and then Bernie Sanders is 110. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so old, he's not relevant to the conversation. You don't know what you're talking about. I will um, not stand. He's, yeah. he's 78. Wow. I know. He looks yeah. horrible. He would be 80 years old if he got elected president. Mm. 80. So, Which, God bless yeah, you. Yeah, two more a... years just to get even more crotchety. Yeah, he just turned 78. <laughs> His birthday is September 8th. Oh, really? Wow. So, yeah, well, he just turned yeah. 78. <laughs> I don't understand why people like that crotchety. It's <laughs> <laughs> horrible. Because he promises so them free apple. stuff. I know, but it's like, you know, it's just, just, you gotta, you got to have a little bit of common sense once in a while. Well, we have to take a break, come back on time. We've got uh, a, another guest coming up at the top of the hour, another hour coming right up after this with the family.